Memory. Passion. Alone. Mourn. Guilt. Loneliness. Regret. Peace. Relationships. Unfamiliar. If you put God first, you'll never be last. This is Grief at the Cookout, hosted by DiCarlo Raspberry. Hello, family. Welcome to Grief at the Cookout. Today, I am joined by a colleague, friend, prayer partner, confidant, and big sister, Khadija Oni. Khadija is a New Orleans, Louisiana native, Bowie State alum, and a member of the prestigious Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated. She is also a performer and vocalist in her own right, from concerts to musicals and a Helen Hayes Award winner. Khadija is the proud owner of Kosh LLC, where they help to develop and provide opportunities for young artists to showcase their gifts and talents. Tune in as Khadija shares the grief of losing her three-month-old son and how her faith became stronger and authentic. Welcome to the cookout, sis. Glad to be here. <laughs> how are you? I am well. I can't I can't complain about anything. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. blessed. I don't have no complaints. Good. God is good. Oh. And forever faithful. Huh? Oh. All that. <laughs> that's the kind of food I like. No, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> That food right there. <laughs> That's the kind of food you like. So look, so as you as you folks always know, uh, here at Grief at the Cookout, we always ask our guests what their favorite cookout food is. Ah. So Khadija, what is your favorite cookout food? All that right there we just said. <laughs> All that. That's my favorite cookout food. Okay. Uh, all that when you come in, all how that. you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm blessed and highly favored. God will do Can't nobody also. turn me around. Listen, I, 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 I eat all that up. Uh, <laughs> cookout food. So, listen, you know, I'm from New Orleans, so uh, a cookout became like a northern thing. But I guess I would have to say that um, ribs. Is that a cookout food? Ribs. Yeah, yeah, that's cookout food. I you know, like, like, like when you, yeah, when some, you think of the um the family reunion. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I need the ribs with the barbecue sauce on it. And I need a little um potato salad with some... Wait, is potato salad a part of y'all cooking? Because the potato salad is a part of the <laughs> New Orleans cookout. We have potato salad at our cookout. But let me do y'all so some corn. And then when on my second plate, I go back oh, for... Oh, yes, the second plate. Yeah, my second plate. My second plate. My second plate, I go back for, of course, a hamburger and a hot dog. You know, I get to all that because you know you be at the cookout a while. So you got time to, you got time to spend your eating out. Okay, so I start off with the ribs first, then I go to a good hamburger. I love a good hamburger, and then I'm gonna uh -huh. eat now with the hot dog. I might not eat the bun though. I just like the grilled, you know, dog part of it. The, okay, like the, all right. The... That's that's what most people like. Yeah, and a little okay. corn. I don't do everybody coleslaw though, but I do do potato salad. I like coleslaw though. Can't do everybody but you potato can't do everybody. salad either. Listen, okay, say two <laughs> words. All right, I, and when the sides ain't no, good, when the sides ain't good, I was like, y'all got some barbecue potato chips. 
I just gonna give me some potato chips. Wait, can... hold up. Listen, uts or lays? Oh. Baby, so late. So for this honey barbecue, I think it's uts. I think uts okay. has a. It's they like got a the honey. Ripples. Ripples, uh, lays. I like the plain lays potato chips. Like I love plain the plain potato chip that don't have no nothing on it. It's just plain lays. Those will rock at any given time. I am at heart a sour cream and onion chick. At heart, like I, I would normally would go. My my go to is get me some sour cream and onion potato chips, and I think it is lays. <laughs> but they got this Carolina. Uh, something or Oh, another. the Carolina barbecue, the blue bag. Yeah, that blue bag. Yeah. It's about this color blue, this color right here with a little, and then it got the little orange. Yes, yeah. that one. <laughs> I tell you, joints up. It's terrible. Uh, and we. Oh my goodness. It's okay, terrible. We have talked about food too long. <laughs> <laughs> because the caller, oh, you know, like realizing food. that that's how you know sometimes we really do live through food. Like you know, we kind of have we do. We be like, what we you, do? I ask mostly all my friends, what you cook for dinner? What you, you know, I be asking you, what you eating? I <laughs> ask the kids that every day. What I you say, eating? I say, well, you know, what did y'all eat at school? And because you know, like really, when you think about when you have your great conversations, it's always over what over food. Over food. Like you can have great conversations. You can have arguments. Ooh. You can have disagreements. Ooh. But I think those disagreements, Ooh. those arguments become easy disagreements Ooh. where your you have yours and I have mine. Listen, but because I'm eating right now. We can agree to I'm disagree. Okay we agree to disagree <laughs> so easy over food. We be like, oh, that's how you feel, baby. That's okay, fine. then that's cool. <laughs> mm, but this macaroni right, and fine. cheese, though. <laughs> who made that? Look, who made that? These Auntie? red beans and rice, baby. Oh, that's how you feel. Yes. Oh, right. I can, you know, but yeah, it makes everything better. It does. It, does. it makes everything better. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, that's what we do here at Grief at the Cookout. Yes. But our topic today mm-hmm. is called, and a child shall lead them. Wow. And a child shall lead them. So, folks, I, I've known Khadijah since, I've known her about long, Khadijah. 2000. Uh, this is, it was when we did a production of Dream Girls. Was it 17? 16? Mm-mm. 17? It was, uh, it might have been 16. No, you, 17. 2017. I think it was 17. Yeah. 2017. Mm-hmm. And from that time that I met her up until now, I can say. I know a good amount of people with a spiritual walk, but the spiritual walk this sister carries and that Mm. she has is second to none. And what I mean by that is, you know, growing up in the church and growing up, you know, with leaders in the church and family members who are in leadership, you see all different types of things. Uh, But when you truly, truly see a walk not just a godly walk, um, as some of us may call it, who who do go to church, but a spiritual walk yeah. where everything that you do is led by an intention. Yeah. And everything that you do has an assignment. Yeah. And in our conversations that we've had all the time, it's always been about, okay, now 
I see what you're talking about, but let's look at it from a spiritual standpoint and a spiritual aspect as to what you are meant to do. Right. And that's one thing that I love uh, about our conversations and and our discussions because we edify each other. And it's, it's, it's like, it's literally like going back and forth and, and just revelation after revelation after revelation. And it's right. And it's a healthy, healthy relationship Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that we do have. Mm -hmm. So I asked you to come on today um, because you experienced something in your life. Mm-hmm. That changed your life. Absolutely. And I just want you to share with the people what you okay. experience. And let's go from there. Okay. Um, let's go from there. So, and a child should lead them um, the grief part of it. So, the long and short, the Carlo, is um, I had a son. I got married. I was married for two years. And then um, we got pregnant. And we had um, a great pregnancy. Um, And then the baby was born. And uh, maybe like two days, because I had a cesarean section. So when you have a C-section, you know, they'll keep you in the hospital a little bit longer than when you have um, natural childbirth. and so I was still there and, you know, they um, were still monitoring the baby because they were like, you know, he has a little bit of a murmur, but normally that corrects itself after a certain day or two. And then one day it was the strangest thing. Um, my husband, I think my mom had just come, but they were all, we were all sitting in the room together and um, they were like, we're going to go get something to eat because the baby was... Um, with the nursery and they were like, you get some rest. Cause I was tired. And they were like, and we'll be back. And I was like, okay. And I got up and I went to the bathroom and the caller, when I went into the bathroom, just sorrow and grief just engulfed me. And I started crying profusely. And I thought, you know, they'd be like, what is it called? Um, post traumatic, not post the hormones oh, and stuff mean, uh, after the baby. My mind. It's uh Yes, that I, I can't think the of thing. That. Y'all yeah, know yeah, I know exactly what y'all know about. y'all know what we're talking about. After you have the baby, <laughs> they be like your hormones be all over the place, you be going through all kinds of stuff. Whatever that is, that. And I was like, Oh God, I'm experiencing this. This is crazy. Right? But I I know that I'm an empath and so I was a little bit concerned because God had already set me up before I had the baby to have a relationship with him. And I know, you know, at that point I could feel when something was an event that was taking place versus just something that was a happenstance. So I came back in the room, I got back in the bed and like literally I got back in the bed and literally like maybe 60 seconds after that, the doctor walks in the room. He walks in the room, I look at him, and I knew that he was getting ready to tell me something crazy because I could see it all over his countenance. So long story short, he was like, um, where's your husband? You know, And I was like, well, he just went to go get something to eat. I was like, but whatever it is, you need to tell me now because I, I had just had that experience. And so he was like, well, you know, you sure you don't want? I was like, sir, please, what is it? 
And so he begins to say that, you know, we've been monitoring the baby and we um, found out that he has a very rare heart disease, basically called hypoplastic left heart, which is where the left side of the heart doesn't fully develop. Um, the right side, the left side, normally in our bodies, the left the left atrium is bigger than the right atrium because the left atrium is the atrium that pumps the oxygen and the blood throughout the, the body, the extremities. And his was really, it just was underdeveloped. It didn't develop at all. So that's what happened. Um, is At the time, it was something that you can't detect in the womb. And, um, you know, my husband came back and my mom came back and they told us and then everything changed. Um, and so with that, you know, he went on to live for three months. He stayed in the hospital for about um, a month total. Um, he was born on May 29th. He left the hospital on July 7th. So it was a little over a month. But um, he was born on May 29th at like 4 p.m. in the afternoon and he transitioned. He went through like a small series of things, but um, ultimately, of course, he transitioned on um, August 29th at 4 in the afternoon. <laughs> that was crazy. Wow. So it was born at 4 wow. <clears throat> on May 29th. So it's literally exactly three months from May 29th to August 29th. He came into the world on the 29th and he transitioned on the 29th. So um, that um, was the shift um, for me in terms of a child. I do want to just add in that, um, you know, before that, I wasn't born in church, you know, wasn't raised in church. Um, you know, we went to church when we were small, but I didn't grow up in church. So I, did, I don't have that like, culture of church on me like that's just not my experience um mm -hmm. but as I got older um you know I had a, a cousin who you know kind of introduced me you know she was living with me at the time and she was like oh yeah she was like you know you don't have to be struggling like this and so you know long story short she she gave me another introduction you know my mom took us when we were small but again we didn't grow up but in this moment in my life it was um I was maybe in like my junior year in college and then um the holy spirit just came to see about me he just like met me in these streets i was like oh this is all right you know so <laughs> i started um building a relationship with him and you know the call up when you first get that that introduction you be on that fire you be like <laughs> you know i'm all that, for listen, all you know jesus listen, you know jesus listen, you know jesus you know right. and it's a, it becomes like you know, anybody in your life that was living different from what your experience is like, you're going to hell. You're going to hell. You're a cusser. You can't see. I can't, you know. And so it's like I wasn't that bad only because, again, I didn't have the the, coach, the church culture on me. But right. when you get that fire, you still be on fire. And it's like your spirit right. just opens up immediately to this new world this new space and it's like your eyes is like the scales fall off and you have like this revelation so that was beautiful I, I think um and that happened when I was a junior and by the time I got to a senior I was in you know I was in I had like broke up with my boyfriend because that was what that was we weren't equally yoked I was like oh you ain't doing what I'm doing you can't see I don't want to do that no more mind you 
that ended up being my husband. But, you know, at the time I was like, mm. and I got a phone call. I'm saying all that to say that I got a phone call um, and my brother, it was my mother on the other end of the line telling me that my brother had been murdered. Now he's my only brother. It's only two of us. It's me and my brother. And he was like my best friend, but God had already began to warm me up with being in what I call in his presence, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm saying all that to say that Six years later, um, I lost my son. So by the time I lost the child, um, I was already well into his presence. And I say his presence because, you know, when you experience something like that, there is a place that, you know, God has to take you that's above, you know, and I heard my bishop, the crazy thing, my bishop was literally talking about this this morning in our morning prayer. But he was like, there's this place that God takes you that is above um, the remnants of things. It's like this place that you can be in him, that you can rest in him. And, and, and he kind of like just, it's like you're in this very nestled shield bubble. And so when the, the safety. It is like a safe, it's just like a safe, a safe place, the a safety. safe haven. And it's like when you're there. The, the shadow of the almighty. Yes. The presence. Yes. You know, like they, it's the like, presence. You know, says, no, it's the presence. It's the presence that's full of joy. It yeah. is the presence. You said the exact word that I was looking for. Now you got to be careful with me as we doing this because you know I'm going through menopause. But you, 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 you said the presence. No, now. I did say you it. Did say it's presence. Okay, so yeah, you did. You said his word. presence, but you were, but what you were giving was the the other uh, synonyms to his mm-hmm. presence: the place, the seeker mm-hmm. place, fortitude. It's like the shelter. Yeah, it's like everything I, you need is in his presence. Yeah, right. but and and it and it lifts it it lifts you out of the worry, the concern. Like it gets you to this place, but now it's a, it's a journey to get there though. Like it doesn't just happen. It happens through mm-hmm. relationship. It happens through seeking him. Come on, teach. You know, because relationship. Yeah. Because it's like a friend, you know, and you know, God has yeah. been telling me for years that like, that's really all I want. I just want, I just want some time with these people. You know, he was like, everybody get up every morning. They go to work. They call a friend. They do this. They do this. And they only call me. When they need something, either a trauma or a trauma, either you have a traumatic situation and you are not a believer, but you need me to get you out of it because I'm the only person that you think of in this moment, or you are a believer and the traumatic situations happen and I didn't do what you thought I was going to do. And so now you don't believe in me anymore. It's the craziest thing. It's either Mm. on Mm -hmm. those different sides of trauma is the thing that I've noticed. But are we grateful though that, that he reigns on the just? And the, and the listen, because he know more about you. You still his child. He know more about you than we do. So that's why I be trying not to judge yeah. people. I be like, listen, because God still got room for you. Or surely I can make it. So when the situation happened, <laughs> surely, <laughs> surely oh, I can have some grace. Because baby, listen, I can have some grace. Right, listen. But one thing that that kind of stood out for me two things you experience grief with your brother and i didn't know that you lost your brother that's new information for me right um and do you feel like that that loss prepped you 
for the loss of your son? Absolutely unequivocally. As time went on, I began to see it. When I lost my brother, I still was very new. Because remember, I was a junior in college. And that's when, Mm -hmm. you know, my, he, he came to get me and my discovery took place. Mm -hmm. And then when I, the very Mm -hmm. next year as a senior is when it all happened. But I, um, by that point, I had had some experience in his presence. And so I knew Mm -hmm. that regardless of what I was feeling on the inside in that moment, that he still was God. Like it was nothing in me that was like, oh, how could you let this happen? Oh, you never, it just was like, keep me in your presence to help me get through this because I don't know how to get through this without you. When my son passed away, the shift in that was, I remember saying, I was like, Lord, um, you know, I will never, never, ever disgrace or dishonor even your name, let alone who you really are. I was like, but I don't really want to do this anymore. I was like, you know, I said, um, I love you. I really, really love you. I love you with everything in me. I was like, but I don't really want to do this anymore. I was like, I don't want to, I just don't want to do it. And when I meant do it, I didn't mean like I wanted to not live. It wasn't like I wanted to commit suicide or anything like that. It just meant that I didn't want to live in the space of being who I normally am to people like, let me give you an example. So I was a teacher when I got pregnant, right? I taught third grade Mm -hmm. for like three years, maybe. And I think I was in my fourth year. So all of my students knew me, all of my staff knew me. And by this time, you know, I graduated from college. I had recouped with dealing with what went on with my brother because I graduated from college. So now I'm teaching in DC public school systems, but God was all I talked about, because, you know, back back in them days, you could still kind of say, you know, some things spiritually and not get in trouble. So, you know, my kids, I would be like, Mm-mm, what the Lord say about that? You know, they knew <laughs> all of all of like my all of everybody on the staff, all of my co-workers, all the teachers, like they knew innately who I was because who you know me to be is who I was then too. You know, like it wasn't like mm-hmm. throwing his name out every five seconds, but I was like, say, bro, check yourself. Now, you know, the Lord ain't going, you know, I was dealing with people the same way. And so when that happened to me, I didn't go back to work because I was embarrassed. Mm. I was like, how am I going to go back to these people and look these people in the face I like, I just didn't know, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to continue to represent him and feeling like I had been a little bit forsaken. And I was like, I just, Ooh. you know what I mean? Like, I it just. <laughs> no, no, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on. Cause, uh, we do... <laughs> hold on, because, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so wait a minute. So, because you lived your walk you know people knew yeah. who you were people knew uh who you believed in people yeah. knew your walk oh yeah listen if i need a prayer i know yeah. who can pray for me i yeah. know who can send it up yeah and the loss of your son yeah made you feel like ashamed you were embarrassed to return very ashamed because inwardly you were convicted 
inwardly, I was, I was ashamed. Like, I, I don't know, like, I don't know. I, I was, I was, I wasn't convicted of being ashamed. I was ashamed and I didn't want to try to figure out how to be the previous representation of myself when in that moment I knew that I wasn't. And it didn't it didn't necessarily have anything to do with God. It was me walking through. Now how does this all how does this work yet again? You know, meaning mm-hmm. like no you know, okay, I realized that, you know, when I studied death and I studied, you know, that um God allows and makes decisions based on things that we don't have a lot of information on. So I can't, you know, and I and I understood that and I understood it even scripturally because he had to send his own son, you know, and he knew when he sent them what his end was going to be. He knew the time, he knew the date, he knew that he was going to be whipped, flesh coming all off, splattering all over the place, people spitting all on him. He was going to drag that heavy tree and a sign and figure. He knew all that. He sent them anyway because he had a purpose. And once his purpose was done. So in studying all of that, I was like, I get it. You know, I was like, you know, and there was so many things that let me know, even just hearing his voice that, um, you know, you may not know everything and be able to understand everything while you're yet still in your flesh, just because you're not really equipped yet to have that kind of understanding. So I was cool with it. Mm. But then when the baby came, you know, it's a different because remember, my son was in the hospital for a little over a month, which means that I had to walk through seeing, walking through with hope. Suffering. Well, it's like, oh, you know, he had the surgery because, because okay, so the doctor was like, you can do one or two things. He looked me and my husband in the face. He was like, either we can do this surgery, which means we like do this branch where we start to take everything that the left side of the heart would have done and have the right side of the heart to start being activated to do it, even though it's not capable. It was like, he'll have to have, you know, maybe three or four other surgeries, like one when he turns two, another when he turns five, and then one at another age. They was like, but, you know, this could happen, or you could do nothing and just let him expire. So those were, mm. that was the choice, right? And so it's like, I was like, well, you know, of course, no parent is going to be like, well, let's just let him expire. But when we went through the surgery as a believer, so now you're believing all of the healing uh, scriptures. God, God is able to do just what he said he would do. God is a healer. God can, you know, and you really believe in, you know, they was like, speak thing that that is not as though it were, you know, all of the things, all of the things that, you know, people go to the the cross for and go to the altar for when they're believing for something, when they need a victory, when they need a miracle, when they need, 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 need. And, um, it, you know, it was all of that. And so then when that, when the day came and that didn't happen in the way that you want it to, you know, it's just another level of experience. So I didn't know how to go back to work and actively mentally, because because remember, I may be just a few years in at this time, long enough though, but I just didn't know how to, um, I just didn't know how to process it all. So I just was like, you know, I knew enough to know that I would never, that God was still real, that he was who he was, that his purposes is what they are. 
but I didn't know enough to, I didn't have enough stability to be able to handle it. So I couldn't go back to work and, and I would have been, I don't know. I just felt like I would have been being an imposter because I didn't have it in me. You know what I mean? I didn't have it in me to be like, to still just be, and then I was embarrassed. That's the other thing. Like I literally was embarrassed to Carlo because I was like, oh my God, I walk around talking about God all the time. And you know, the, you know, I just felt like people was going to be like, well, she's a Christian. How does this, how did this happen to her again? You know what I mean? Like, it just was like something in my mind. Now, question for you. Did anyone know about your, you know, about what was going on and what your uh, doubts were, what your feelings were throughout the process? Or was everything that you were feeling to be embarrassed, was that internal? It was it was internal for me. Um, nobody knew. Like my my job kept saying, "Come back, you know, come come, you know, when are you coming back to work? You know, when are you coming back to work? When can we see you?" And I just, you know, finally I was just like, "I'm not going to be able to come back." And they were so sweet. They they drove up to Baltimore because I was living in Baltimore, working in DC, and they did like a per, a circle around me. They came to my house. And they prayed over me and, you know, and they were, cause you know, they were women of God too. You know what I'm saying? And they just mm -hmm. understood cause they walked with me through the entire pregnancy. You know what I mean? And so, but they didn't know that I didn't come back because I was ashamed or embarrassed. They just thought that it was, that I just still was grieving, you know, which I was, but. Which you was. And so do you think that the, you were, it, from just listening to what you were going through, it it sounded like you were going through a grief of the process and then the actual grief of the death. So that grieving, that grief of the process, was that something that you were able to grieve, meaning have that mourning you know, to go through all the stages of grief or was everything just the grief moment where it was just stuck? Um, it was, it was, uh, it was a process. It definitely was a process. I think initially I was stuck because when something like that happens to you, it's like when you go to sleep every moment, you literally wake up and it's, there's this slight moment where you think it's a dream. Like, that's a reality. Mm. I've heard other people say that. It's the slight moment where, like, when you're waking up, you're in between that dream and, 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 and sleep and waking up space where you know that it's happening. And, and it's a part of you that's like, did this really happen? And then when you realize that it does, then bam, it's like a ton of bricks. And then you are just grieving. So... The thing that I'll say is about the entire process, like even even to this day, you know, um, I still have a lot of moments where it's days are not not that easy. And this this, you know, my son would have been like 19. So this happened like 19 mm. years ago. But it's but it's um, I feel like it's just going to be a part of the process. However, it's just a part of the process of having that feeling of not being able to do anything, you know, cause it's like, I remember my husband saying, I, I wish my heart could fit, you know, inside of him, 
you know, basically he was saying I would lose my life so that he could live, like just take it out and give it to him. And it's just certain memories, but I have grown to understand like sometimes when the enemy is trying to use something and I'm being very serious, like, because it's very, you know, natural to grieve, but then sometimes, you know, when you are mature in Christ and you're mature in God and God has shown me several things um, and he's given me an understanding through the word that I know that I know that I know, like I can quickly come out because I know, I know the word of God and, you know, going back, you know, I just was like, I don't want to do this anymore. So for like seven years, I didn't sing again. And I had just literally DeCarlo, I had just done, um, blues. I was played, I played blue speak woman in, um, oh, Zora Neale Hurston. What is the name of the show? Uh, um, they just, I can't think of them. You know what I'm talking about. They did it at Signature They did it recently. at Signature. Yes, I know exactly. Um, oh, God. <clears throat> yes. I feel... Oh, God. I know exactly it? what you're Okay, I know anyway. Spunk. Spunk was the name of the show. Right. So I had done Spunk at a community theater in PG. Somebody had came to see the show. They wanted to take the show to the Kennedy Center. We did the show at the Kennedy Center, and I won the Helen Hayes Award. I couldn't even go pick up the award because I was pregnant, and my doctor was like, you cannot drive to D.C. because you're due any minute. And so um, I was just getting ready to start into this music theater career. Like, I was right. teaching, but I remember, you know, I would teach, and I would go to rehearsal after after work, and I was doing getting ready to do both and. And I won the award and it was getting ready to be, ah, oh, I'm getting ready to start this. And then it, and then everything happened. And then I didn't sing again for like seven years. So that, say that to say, going back to say, when I was like, I don't want to do it anymore. I was like, God, I just don't want to be your representative. Can I just love you in this shell? Can you just know that I love you and I know that you love me, but I don't want to be a witness I don't want to be used as a conduit on any type of assignments. I don't want to be the mouthpiece for anything. I just kind of want to find another job, keep, you know, keep, 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 keep living, you know, and then, and then that's it. But I just don't want, really want to do anything else. And I didn't, I didn't do anything for seven years. And um, I started going to this church. It's called, um, well, I started going to Empowerment Temple and I toured with Jamal Bryant for a little while. That's, you know, that was the whole thing. Like, you know, he heard me singing in a rush hour prayer. Like they used to have this thing called rush hour prayer at six o'clock in the morning or six o'clock in the evening. And I just was like wailing one day at the altar, still grieving. And he just happened to be there. And, you know, and then, you know, so I did that for a little while. And then. Um, I started going to Destiny Christian Church. The bishop is um, James Nelson. He's the brother of Jonathan Nelson and Jason Nelson. On the, they're they're mm-hmm. they're singers in um in the gospel industry. So anyway, and he's my bishop to this day. And um, he um when I just I started going to church, I started getting my spirit back up. And his daughter was young Nyla on the Broadway Lion King. So they had like mm-hmm. this party. And her manager, it was the craziest thing. Her manager was just walking around, and I'm I'm going to get back to the grief because I know that that's the topic. But her manager was just take your time. her manager was walking around, and she was like, "Who could sing? 
who could sing? It was the strangest thing. And she was like, who, who at this table could sing? And, um, you know, Sandy, she was like, you know, pointing at me or whatever. She was like, who could sing? I was like, ma'am. And she was like, I was like, I sing in church. She was like, be at my house tomorrow at such and such time. And I was like, who is this lady? I was like, first of all, I'm grown. I said, second of all, like, don't talk. You, you know me. I was like, I'm not right. 18, ma'am. I don't know who you are. I don't know who you are. <laughs> but anyway, I did it. And um, she had this thing going on with the Lion King. Like she had like some in with the Lion King. But then she, I sang for her. She was like, I want to work with you, blah, blah, blah. But then as we were walking out the door, she was like, you should go to this audition this weekend for The Color Purple in New York City. Um, the Broadway show is going on tour. And I was like, oh, Okay. So we walked out the door and Sandy was like, you going to the to the audition? I was like, no, I'm definitely not. She was like, yes, you definitely are. She called my girlfriend, Erica, who lived in New Jersey, like 20 minutes from New York. She was like, we're going to be at your house Friday. We taking Khadija to this audition on Saturday. I was like, I'm not standing there no long lines. I was like, I'm not doing it. Long story short, they put me in the car, took me. They stood in line with me. These are like my, you know, my ride or dies. They stood in line right. with me because I was sorting back and forth. Yes, you you know. And um, long story short, um, I auditioned and I got the gig. So that's what got me back to being able to meet you, DiCarlo, um, because that kind of shifted my life back into singing um, in theater and, um, you know, just... I haven't had another regular job since then. Like I've all, I've just been in musical theater since 2009. Um, but the grief part, I do want to say, um, when I began to experience God um, on tour, I realized then that he didn't just send me out to have a job, that I was being sent. It didn't talk about long, that many times. Right. It didn't take long to call out for me to realize that, you know, because when you go on tour, the thing that happens is, is that you meet people from all walks of life. You meet people from right. all over the place, from all different walks of life and, you know, all different belief systems. You know what I mean? And it's like, right. I'm like, okay. Um, but I realized that um, I did more work off stage. Than I did on stage. Than you did on stage. Than I did wow. on stage because people were, you know, they was, you know, they just would begin to gravitate. Like, can I talk to you for a minute? I'm like, sure. No. And, <laughs> <laughs> right, because that's where I was with God. I was like, no. The first time I was like, see, this is what I told you. I didn't want to do. I ain't gonna be out here with all this. I just want to go get on the stage, do my job, go back to my room and watch TV. All this is not what I signed up for. But I realized that. <laughs> You know, I was being set up to 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 be a conduit for him. And like, you know, the thing that I've learned to call about this walk is that, you know, you have to make up in your mind that your belief system is what it is, because everything that you experience is based on what you believe, you know, and in in my trials with my son and him leading me the the the. Experience. It's like he's been at the forefront 
almost like if you were to be able to see like a swim, a fish swimming in front of somebody through the water, guiding you, leading you. It's like the presence of what I learned through him. Like God used that to just grow me and mature me and, and for me to create a belief system because the call out here in these streets, either you're going to believe or you're not, period. People are going to try to come to you and talk to you about all different kinds of things. And you know, when I met you, we had a conversation. I won't go into all of that, but our conversation was based <laughs> Do you remember? I'm not going to yeah, go into we it. Had a, it, wasn't, it wasn't just us, but we, no, we, it we wasn't. had a whole Kimber conversation. It wasn't just right. us, but it was, a, it, was, <laughs> it was a conglomerate of believers. So, um, yes, and I'm not, was. I'm not going to say, but it was a conglomerate of believers. I'm going to say that, that is, you know, people who are believers, you know, and then, you know, I be, it, it's, it's a difference though in, um, how you show up, you know what I mean? Like right. how, how you, how are you being represented when you use the word, you know, I'm a Christian, you know, and it's like, right. that's the thing that going through this walk with having to deal with the worst thing that could happen to a mother. What are you going to do? How are you going to represent? How are you going to show up? Because in your flesh, you got like the highest level of authority in your flesh to really do what you want to do. Because it's like... To do all you want to do. To do all you want to I'm like, say, bro, I deserve this. Uh, You know? and But it's like... You, that's how you can feel. You know what I mean? Because the loss of somebody that you carry in your body is, mm. it's just, it's just, it's just the connection. And then it's you helpless because it, it was a, a baby, baby. You know what I mean? I, I, I got to know him for three months. Anybody, anything you get to do for three months, you done built a relationship with it, you know, whether it's work or whatever. So my son helped me to show up authentically for Christ, for God. I almost didn't want to even call myself a Christian because I used to, you know, when I started going to church at an old age, the call, I started experiencing some things and I was like, Sandy, I can't do this with these people, bro. I was like, I don't really know what's going on. I say, but it's just a little bit too much going on in this space. That's not, it's not representing right. It ain't showing up right. And, you know, and I'm not talking against anybody because Romans tells us, you know, to that we don't have the ability to judge people because we ourselves want to do the same thing that we're judging others for, you know, in one, Listen. in chapter one, it'd be like, don't do all this. And they got a list of things <laughs> and they're right in chapter but you two. you know you want to do it. Listen, and right in chapter two, it was like, but you know, hold your tongue and hold your peace and just have grace and mercy because all this stuff that you see, you know, you want to do it too. And at some point you may not want to do it now, live long enough. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, right. you can't walk with that judgment and that, and that, um, that kind of, you know, haughty spirit on you and, 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 and be able to represent Christ well. But there are some things that I do that, um, if I'm a believer, I'm going to do it or I'm not. You know what I'm saying? So it's like there are some things in this walk, like it just it just it it matured me. And I'm I'm going back to how the experience with my son and the transition of my son led me to be able to represent and show up the way that I do. You know, it's like if I'm a cusser, you know, I know when the Holy Spirit grieving me. 
You know what I'm saying? And I'm not talking about mm-hmm. nobody that because I'm just saying like the word is what I believe, you know, and every, you know, and, and on tour, it's like people are like, I mean, it it's so many things that people can read. Well, what about the Big Bang Theory or what about this? And, you know, the Roman Catholic Church really took over. They reworded the Bible, everything, you know, in 1948, there were some things that just was added in, you know, and all these other things. And I'm like, listen, I get all of that. I was like, all that might be true. <laughs> no, seriously. I hear all of that, but this is and what it, I and it, and it, but, 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 but you're either going to believe or you're not. You know what I'm saying? It's like, because no, none of us was there when any of it was written you wasn't there when a big you know you you read something and you chose to believe it you wasn't there it's saying a word because it's secondary think about it everything that Mm -hmm. you choose to believe that didn't happen to you is a secondary source of experience when you have Mm -hmm. a personal experience like right now i'm on this podcast with you this is a source this is an experience that i can be like i was on video with the carlo why? Because I was right. there. I experienced it. This is definitely what happened to me. But guess what, DiCarlo? If I put that in a book and sold it, whoever's reading it has to choose to believe it. You know why? Because ain't nobody mm-hmm. else here but me and you. You know it. <laughs> Speak. I know it. And, and you, but you, you know either going to choose to believe. Or, you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Either, either you choose to believe or yeah, not. Yeah, because you wasn't the there. That's you, the thing. That's the thing that we we that you know even you know being spiritual beings being being in the church especially in the black community we don't get to experience God for ourselves we don't get to experience grief for ourselves we don't get to experience nothing for ourselves and everyone tells us how we're supposed to feel or what we should do or how we should do it right. or where or what where we should go right. you know but again like you said it's all about what you believe you have to choose to believe it Period. you know we, we don't we didn't see it we were not there Period. you know all I know is what has been told to me. Period. I know what uh, what what I have read. Right. I, I know what I seen. You know, to in in the imagery of what I've read, but I was not there firsthand. You wasn't there you know, firsthand. I was not there. But you have what is called a living word experience. You know what I mean? Like right. you and you and I have experienced some of those. Like I feel like one day we was on the phone and somebody like a word or something had kept coming up and I it wrote was, it, it was down. In, it was intent. It was intent. Okay. It, it was, was intent. And I was like and, and and to be very to be very intentional. You know that was my word. Intentional. <laughs> that word had come to me from another source probably that morning or something and I wrote it down and I was like I need to look up the meaning of this word because it's something that goes on with it. Me and you got on the phone like a few hours later and you were like, Khadijah, it has to be intentional. I was like, the call low, I'm getting ready to run around this room. Using that as an example, we have experiences all the time. And other people too, whether you are a believer or not, I feel like people have experiences all the time that they know are supernatural experiences. Like when they just had that concert in Texas, that boy, I don't remember, Travis Scott or something like that. You know, mm-hmm, I was watching videos mm-hmm. of young children, you know, this young girl, she was like, I ain't gonna lie, I never believed in God. She said, but in that moment I heard bones crushing and I just was like, God, if you were real. 
people have those experiences all the time. The caller, we wouldn't know nothing about it, but it's but it's still at your will to choose. Like nobody can make you. At your I will. remember, yeah, it's it's all about your will. And 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 and, and I remember, I remember, um, I remember when I was um, kind of like in this this transition period with with coming out of the grief process and trying to get back to some sense of normalcy um, mm-hmm. with my life and still feel feeling a little bit abandoned, a little bit of like, oh, Lord, you, don't, you forsook me there a little bit, bro. Now I don't know how to feel about Like, I don't know how I feel about that. I say, but I'm going to still walk with your boo, but I'm going to be like, ooh, now you don't crush me tight now, bro. I was like, you know, what's going on about here? And, and I was in that space, but Dakota, I also realized that, you know, on this journey, you know, knowing that you know certain experiences are going to happen. And yeah, according to those experiences, it it grooms a changing of your heart. It's almost like it's tearing and digging up because you can't have no flesh there. You can't because 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 I I don't. I I, yeah, not not to go through a, a process like this and expect to come out, you know, whole. There has to be. That, you know, if from, I'm a serve you, the times that <clears throat> right, if if I'm a serve you, a hundred percent, and you you said something when you talked about the uh, the moment that you went through um, that that crying fit that 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 grieving moment, like like that grieving moment before the doctor came to you, it reminded me of the time. When I got the call that my grandmother, before my grandmother passed, mm-hmm. she went through a process. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he, the same thing, before my father passed, mm-hmm. he went through the process. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of getting, when I got the call from my grandmother, mm-hmm. I showed up at the hospital. I walked in the ICU. She was laying in the bed. And I ran out and I went into this whole entire fit. Mind you, she's been in the hospital before. Mm-hmm. You know, she's come out, you know, all these different things. Mm-hmm. I The doctors ain't saying nothing to me. No mm-hmm. one talked to me, nothing. Right. But I went through this whole entire fit of grief. Right. And what it did was it had to set me up to lead my family through the process. I had to be strong for my mom. Right. And this was her mother, right. you know. Yeah, and, and I remember my mom even said to me, "She said, DJ, you know, that's my my nickname. Mm-hmm. She said, DJ, I need you to. Um, <laughs> that's my baby name, DJ. Right, right, really. Oh my goodness, his name you know is what? David Jeffrey. <laughs> see, here we go. It's another experience. And see, see, this this is it. Look, she said to me, she said, DJ, I Crazy. need you to go talk to Grandma. And ask her, what does she want? And I was on the phone with her and I said, what do you mean? What does she want? Mm -hmm. What does she want for her service? Mm -hmm. What does she want to be buried in? Mm -hmm. What, who does she want to eulogize her? Mm -hmm. Who does she want to sing? Mm -hmm. And the crazy thing was my grandmother had, before she went to the hospital, she had this bout of a laryngitis. She was talking for weeks, and then she just stopped talking. Mm. And mm, 
She stopped talking and she was silent. And when my mother told me to go in there, I didn't understand why it had to be me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to go in there and have this conversation with my grandmother who's not even talking. Wow. And because my grandmother and I had a deep connection and I lived with her and I, you know, I took care of her, I understood everything mm -hmm. um, that she wanted. Mm -hmm. And that's why I said, going back to, I believe that that fit, I can, yeah. I don't know what that is, but I, I feel like I can kind of correlate in some aspect of that fit that I went through mm -hmm. was because God was preparing me for what was getting ready to come. And I didn't know it was going to be her because she lived so much longer than the doctor said mm -hmm. after they gave her a date of death. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing that, you know, our family was able to come and give her flowers. And we had a whole service in the ICU. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we we sang, yeah. we preached, yes. we read scriptures, we, you know, we prayed, we yes, did all of that, you know, because that was in the fabric of our family. That's how we grew up. Mm -hmm. um, but that moment of that, that fit, mm -hmm. did you lose joy in that particular moment or did you lose the joy when the actual death had occurred um i think hope kept my somewhat level of joy afloat because mm. in the in-between stages you have hope you know, that's what the definition right. of hope is. It gives you the it gives you the ability to say, you know, there's this window that we're in where God really can do whatever he wants to do. And the thing that I learned is, is that in church, um, I used to feel that there was a high level of disservice because, you know, everybody everything would be preached like you know, don't think of anything else. The only thing that you do is, is you expect healing. God will do it. God will do it. And, 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 you know, and when people in it, when it happens the way that they feel like it should, which is to bring your loved one out of sickness or to recover you from whatever it is and the miracle happens, then everybody is joyous and saying, now that's, that is who my God is. Mm -hmm. But when it doesn't happen that way, that's when another level of relationship and maturity takes place. If you've been conditioned in a culture to be able to recognize that you have to tap into that. And I think the disservice comes because most times I didn't think that a lot of Christians were because that's just not what the thing, the thing was they're going to get healed. It's going to be the way you think healing is and it's all going to be good. But I had, at and that's point, a big part of what what we experience, especially in the black church. Right, is he gonna come out? We gonna do this? We pray for healing, but no one is actually praying for the will to be done. And 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 that and there it is, and there it is, and and in that moment, I get it. You know, nobody's gonna 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 want you know life not to happen or healing not right. to take place. 
But at the right. end of the day, at the end of the day, I had been living on the side of healing, looking like healing through transition versus mm. the healing of this fleshly body. You know what I mean? Mm. And right. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so no, because yeah, I, I definitely know because when I went through with my dad, well, you know, I was, I was in that headspace. Yeah, you were there for that process. And that was the headspace that I had gotten to of, you know, went through the same fit driving to the hospital. Mm -hmm. But I had made peace in my soul mm -hmm. and was looking for whatever the outcome may be that it was going to be healing either way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so for me, like you said, that process with my dad was nothing but hope. Right. It was nothing. It was hoping, yes, you can come out of it. Mm -hmm. But if you don't, there's still glory and there's still healing mm -hmm. for you mm -hmm. either way through this process. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm not looking. I, I My thing was I'm not looking for. I was like, God, I'm not looking for you to do what I want you to do. Mm -hmm. We don't like you said, we don't want to see life go. Mm -hmm. But. I'm looking for you to do what you're supposed to do because whatever it is, it's supposed to happen to get me to a certain place. And because of that, that's why I'm here today talking to you. <laughs> no, really, <laughs> you know, real talk. Because that 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 has been the push. That has been know. the push. I was there with you through it and it's and you know, even literally in the hospital with you through it and you know, um, I was having my own communication with God about what your process could or could not be. And, you know, of course, praying for God's will to be done, because ultimately that's the better thing, regardless of whether we have all the information or not. You know, and then that's when I realized that this place is very fleeting. Like our time here on earth is like but a parenthesis in eternity. You know what I mean? It's a very short period right. of time. And if we are true believers, we really shouldn't be afraid of death because the word says that we should really mourn when a when a spirit enters into this earth and we should mm -hmm. celebrate when Come it on. leaves. That's not me, right. that's the word. You know what I mean? And right. it's but it's not really taught like that like we were saying in church to call but to just wrap it up and bring it back to like what what my transition was and what I would say like the highest thing that going through dealing with transitions, one with my son, one with my brother, and then my father shortly after that. And even with my husband, because he didn't pass away in the physical, but he left me, you know, it broke my marriage. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He, you know, we just... We weren't able to sustain going through something like that. And so it's like you have all of the people in your life that are supposed to be their protectors at some point, your husband, your father, your brother, and your son. You know, and I'm standing here left to say, how is this going to shape me? And I would have to say that I really do think like one of the highest things, DeCarlo, is being very mindful about how I show up when I represent him in these streets. Because you don't know who's watching you. I remember I was on a tour. It was a it was a UK tour. 
And most of the people on the tour was from the United Kingdom. And it was a, a Christmas tour. And, you know, they were, you know, all drinking. And this just is just a small example of what I'm talking about. But the Lord had told me, and I drink. I'm from New Orleans, baby. We drink. Now, I ain't no alcoholic, but we drink wine. You know, you I have we a little drink. taste of tea. Yeah, and, I'm, and that's you know, okay. because In moderation. My, and, my, and that's okay. Listen, it ain't unbiblical, but that's a whole nother conversation. But at the time, you know, he told me not to drink anything. And I said, huh? He said, on this tour, don't drink. Not nary a drop. Don't you Nothing. touch it. I said, don't you lick it. I was like... <laughs> No worries. Hey, hey God. Wanna, listen, it ain't move or shake my world, you know, because I'm not that big on alcohol. It just, you know, it. I like it from time to time, but sometimes it don't really go well with my body. But if I want to, you know, have a good time, that's fine. But, DeCarlo, I was on the bus and this person walked up to me and I was at the front of the bus and they was like, don't you want some of this wine? And I took the bottle and I, I can sometimes taste wine through smelling it. Like, you know, that's just, right. you know, you can taste some stuff. And I was just, I just wanted to smell it. So I took it and I was like, and I was like, oh, this is, this is, this is nice. And all I heard behind me was, oh, like this big, and I turned around and everybody on the bus was leaning in to see if I was going to drink. And it was like, come on, you can you can love God and still have a little drink. And I didn't even know it was a thing. I'm sitting in front of the bus and I was like, and that's not even what God is about. It, it really isn't because, right. you know, his right. his his ability to be who he is is not, it's not, you know. It supersedes it's, yeah, all it, of it ain't it ain't right. standing on the shoulders of me taking no drink and definitely not no wine that Jesus turned uh, the waters from in the scripture. But <laughs> <laughs> For whatever reason, there was something going on with whatever group of people and their walk and their experience. Because I had already said to them, I was, and I said to them, I was like, it's not that I don't drink. I just can't drink on this tour. Like, I'm very transparent. They knew that. Something was happening with somebody else that needed to learn something about obedience that I had no, no, no knew nothing about. I didn't know why I was being wow. so transparent. I'm just always transparent. Going back to that is what I'm saying is that I'm very careful through my experiences of trauma, through my experiences of death, and through my experiences, my experience of my son. I would have wanted to be the highest representation of God on this earth that I could be for him. And that entails me showing up, being a good representation. What does that mean? Being transparent. At all times, you know, trying to do the best thing that I could do. Like, even if I'm in the dressing room and, you know, if I say a curse word, I, you know, I'll, and I'm, I'm not now, but just on the journey. Like, the Lord is not pleased with that. And he done told me 10 times that I can't do this. I am have to ask for forgiveness, but that ain't really what he pleased with. But I am the person that will just say what it is in terms of what it, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I yeah. used to get no, irritated. I used to, like now I get irritated with people who plaster. I love God. You play gospel music. Da 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 da. You know how they have the little things on uh, Instagram where you can say stuff or post something in one minute, and then the next video you got like the little dots that keep going to nothing. Right, right, right. And it's right. all God, yeah, yeah. God, the, God, the, the God. And I'm a, yeah, and then in the next one, it's like this. Be I'm like, what? Well, what? Now look, 
You're making it hard for me out here, bruh. Like, be one or the, <laughs> or the other. Like, don't. this is me, though, and I'm not being judgmental. I'm just saying this is what I'm working not to be. You understand what I'm saying? Right. Like, I'm not judging right. anybody, but I'm saying that if I'm going to say that this is what I represent in one breath, I, I don't want to be the person in the next breath to not represent what I say I am because I don't wear my relationship with Christ like a loose garment. I don't put it off and put it back on as I feel led to. It's, it's, but this is your walk, you know? It's, it's and, my, and it's my life. You know what I mean? Life. It's who I am. It's your life. It's your walk. It's your, it's your worship. Yes. It is, yes. it is what you do every day. And that's one of the most that's what I admire the most about you is to have lost all the protectors. Can you believe that? I was like, bro. And, and as far as in the black community, you have the brother, the father, the son, you know, the husband, you know, to lose all four. God, oh. What are we talking to about? Get to, right. And to get to your son. What you carried for nine months. What are we talking about? You know, to have all of that and to lose that, you know, I can only imagine that there had to have been days where you wonder, I wonder what my son would have been. Still what days. He would, what, still days. Still that, days. That you, what what he would have carried. You know, what you could have instilled in him. Because I broke down and the other the, night. Like it, it, it comes, it comes, I'm sorry. I know you were talking. No, but it, no, it, you're it, fine. it doesn't, it doesn't leave, it doesn't, you know, those kind of things, because it was still wrapped up in flesh, it doesn't leave you. Like, you know, when I come out right. of it, you know, I understand that, you know, there's something bigger going on here in terms of this time and space. There's sometimes when I, then this is just a God honest truth where, you know, I would get a little happy. Like when the stuff started happening in our day and time with the Trayvon Martin. When Trayvon Martin got assassinated and it just was a series after that, it seemed like every other week, you know, little black boys were being killed in the street by police officers. And it was a moment I was like, my God, you know, it felt like a burden lifted that I didn't have to like carry that burden about, oh God, where's my son? What is he doing? Yeah. Let me have this talk. Let me, you know, let me do, let me do those right. kind of things. And, 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 you know, you know all of that, and and I would have, and I would begin to pray for mothers and aunts and grandmothers mm -hmm. that still, because you know that we still have to cover our kids. But at the end of the day, it's all wrapped up in the flesh and the spirit. It's all wrapped up in the flesh and the spirit because we are a duality, and we have to walk in this earth in this thing called flesh. And then you right. have to be a representation of the thing that you believe that's way bigger and greater, which is the thing that we call the spirit life to call low. And so I'm just excited about this podcast because, wait, is it a podcast? Because you know I'd be saying the stuff wrong. Yes, yes. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> y'all know I'm so old. Like I really am about 70, oh about, about 80 years old. But you know, just walking through just walking through this journey, I, I I don't know who I would be if he hadn't come to see about me and to, you know, mm -hmm. prep me for what was coming because Four. he came like right before it all started happening. And the crazy thing is I was one of those people when I first got saved and I was going to church, Union Temple Baptist Church in DC, and I was in the, everybody always had this story like this terrible story. And it was like, you have to go through this terrible thing in order to have a great relationship with God. I was like, 
I'll do it with you all the time. I have a great relationship with God. Like my relationship is great and I haven't been through any of those things. And I and then I was mad. I was like, I can't stand why people always I mean, life ain't gotta be like this for everybody. And God, you know, and I did have a great relationship. I was on fire for Christ. I was like, you can't see about me. I started speaking in tongues. I was like, oh, this is nice. And I started getting that revelation. And then right. bam. And it was a it all happened. It was a trickle effect. It was a trickle effect. And um, but again, it it all sets you up for your assignment and and can you be sent and you know okay. going through the Come stuff on, that can, we can can you be sent no because everybody ah. can but he's looking for people who can be sent to call though and everybody can't you know She's what i'm giving saying giving us a word it's listen. the truth when i went to china listen you going into these communist countries and you're having conversations with people and prayer is not welcome when i remember when i went to china they was like don't take your bible don't pray don't do this there's cameras everywhere and i say oh well, baby, you know, and the, the crazy thing is, you know, they was like they, these people in concentration camps and everything else is like when you get to a point where you got to be like, in reality, am I going to serve and still say what I believe regardless of what the situation is and regardless of what that might possibly represent? I don't know. You know, um, I heard a pastor say once that people are born for the time that they're needed the most. And, you know, when you're on this journey and you go through stuff like the loss of your grandmother, the loss of your father, the loss of um, any loved one, and definitely, absolutely the loss of a child, it's setting me up and it's been setting me up and it's still setting me up for the time that I'm going to be needed the most. And when I have mm. to show up for these times that I'm needed the most, Akalo, I want to show up in the highest level that I possibly can to represent him, which means being authentic, which means being, even if you don't believe what I believe, you're going to see what I believe, regardless of whether you understand it or not. Because mm -hmm. everybody mm -hmm. has to believe in something. You believe in, you know, when you go to work, people don't have no job believing in, you know, I don't, I got tired of coming to a cast and, you know, I'm reading the script and, you know, you know, with singing, we embellish a lot, you know, and sometimes you get in these rooms, like, no embellishment, sing what's on the page, you know, or if it says, if the line is, I had a great day and, you know, and you might be like, I had a good day. Don't say, it's not good. It's a, you know, you got the other person standing over there, you know, to walking right. you through it. And then you right. leave and you go home and you work hard to memorize your script. I'm working hard to memorize these songs and to be a good representation on this stage because that's what my job requires. But then walking out in these streets and then being a sloppy representation of what I say I serve, bro, that wasn't working for me. That wasn't working for me. Wow. Where we at? You know what I'm saying? Every And you know, and I use the theater because I know you know. Tell me, Stop me when I'm lying. I mean, right. yeah, tell me when I'm lying. Tell me we don't do it. If they tell us to do this, you can, and you can create your characters and be, and you can, you know, do some embellishments there. But the call is somebody else's body of work that you are showing up to be a, I'm a conduit for Effie. Effie was written. I, I'm showing up as a conduit for Effie, 
And I'm going to perfect being a conduit for Effie, but I'm not going to perfect being a conduit for him. Bro, you got me twisted. And that's what my son does for me. My brother, my father, my, 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 my relationships with people like you. When people, when we when we're just having conversations and thinking and the Holy Spirit just shows up because he feels like it and it's life changing for us. Cause that's the thing that mm -hmm. helps me walk into a room. I can't walk into the room without him. Cause you're not gonna kill me in these streets, this audition streets. You're not gonna take my self-esteem away because either you get the gig or you not. You got somebody telling you you're good enough, oh you too fat, you too short, you too skinny, you too loud, you do this, and that, you know, oh. Yeah, well, you know, you gotta know, you gotta, you gotta. I'm, I'm, I'm a represent who I'm representing first, and then I'm gonna try to be this character. But we, you gotta know yourself. You, you gotta, gotta know you, gotta, you, you gotta, you gotta. But you, but <clears throat> if you don't have a certain type of relationship, the call how, how you gonna no, know what you got? But it's about represent. It, no, it really is about the representation because you never know who's watching you. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And right now, I know I'm talking to people yeah. who say that they are part of the body of Christ. That's fine. Because I don't, you know, you're not going to ask me to pray three times a day to the sun, to the left, and to the back because I'm not a Muslim. You know, by, mm -hmm. my Bible says that I got to pray without ceasing. So we pray all day long, bro. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to get on my knees and pray to man. because So you're not going to expect that of me. So anybody who is not believing in this situation in terms of what God and my son has done for me, I don't expect that from you. I'm going to love you regardless because mm -hmm. if I don't, I'm going to get in trouble. According to what I believe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I can't judge you. I can't rebuke you. I can't talk down to you. If you are a Christian, we could have some words because the Bible says that you can take somebody who says that they agree with what you agree with and y'all can have some conversation about what's going on according to who you tell me you are. But if you're not, I'm going to kiss you straight dead in your mouth. We're going to go drink. Da, da, da. Now, if you ask me something about who I am, I'm going to tell you. going to tell them. Uh, with 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 without you know no hesitation and that and that's 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 what I love about you is the unwavering steadfast steadfastness of who you are of what your of of your representation yeah and of your walk and it's just amazing again how to have lost things that was supposed to protect you and to help you in your walk, you lost that, but it, it you gained so much more. Baby. You know, and 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 to really and to and to that point, tell us, <laughs> you know, what you have gained. You know, right. if you can sum it up in just one in different types of words, mm -hmm. you know, whether that's peace or mm -hmm. love, you know, these different things mm -hmm. from your loss mm -hmm. that has pushed you into this mm -hmm. spiritual walk, like mm -hmm. you said, where you're mindful of when you show up, when mm -hmm. you're transparent, mm -hmm. you know, when you when you have made that vow to be the highest representation mm -hmm. of God, to be the best that you can be, mm -hmm. the best to to not your ability, but to his ability mm -hmm. that he can make you better. Right. What have you gained? I'm going to do two sides. On the natural side, I gained the ability to be trusted and continue to get called back. Because mm -hmm. 
the authenticity that you are talking about. Directors see it. Um, um, casting agents see it. And when you walk into and I'm just using my job as an example because, you know, that's where, you, you know, I'm used the most. Or even not that in shows, if, if you know, I just got a phone call the other day to, to go do an opening for something. We'll talk about that later. But the authenticity and the ability to um, do your do your job diligently. Now, this is on the flesh, workly, worldly side. Mm-hmm. You know, of mm-hmm. course, it crosses them. I have gained... Just, just this level of respect. And, and it's like, you don't have to work as hard when you're authentic, when you are authentically who you are, living by certain standards. You're going to get the call back. You're going to get respect. When, pe- when you walk in a room and people know who you are, they're going to change some things that they normally would do a little bit different when you're in the room. And you gain, That's right. you gain the ability to just walk through some open doors that God has for you because you're now ready on this side. And the spiritual side, I have gained a place in his presence. Mm. Because without levels of hardship to call those, some places you can't get. And I know that that sounds crazy, but I understand it now. Whereas I didn't understand that when I was, you know, a brand new Christian. But there is Mm -hmm. something about going through traumatic experiences that causes you to have to sink or swim. And <laughs> and 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 it's that fine line. And when you yeah. when you it's you know it's it's him that pulls you above it all to say, I'm getting ready to show you the next level of who I am. And I'm gonna and I'm going to, you know, and it's in the presence where you just gain all of these things. I just I mean, it is so much. It, it's it's stability, it's authenticity, it's stick-to-itiveness, it's meekness, it's mm. humility, it's long-suffering, it's love, real love, it's joy. It's a peace that really does pass all understanding. It's the ability to gird your tongue. It's the ability to have self-control. It's the ability to love in the face of hate. It's the ability to pray for somebody to have a changed heart. It's the ability to look past what you see with your natural eyes and ask God to show you what's going on in the spirit. It's the ability to not react, but act in a moment of, you know, what the, what the, the situation requires, you know, because right. somebody could punch you in your face. And in that moment, you could feel like the situation requires for me to punch you back. But in reality, mm. there may be something that God had been doing with that person. And you have this, this in, in his presence, you hear from him and you just don't, you know, you're, you, you are not unto yourself. You're being moved and grounded and guarded by something higher than you. And you don't do things that you do things according to the unctions of God. You do things according to um, his movement, like just really experiencing some of these nine fruit of the spirit. And it doesn't look the same. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and again, on both sides, they do kind of, they match up, they match up in the end because on this side, she was like, Oh, this person, you know, people look for people and you know, can you get along well with others? Can you add something to this cast? If I send you out on the road, 
Could you be a help with getting these young people together so that we can get this show together? So, you know, so that we can all be on stage, you know, on time. Right. Or are you going to be an on additive time. to that? You know, it work. It starts to work together. Right. You know? Right. But that present side is for you because it's at your will. You don't have to do it. But when you're in this presence, you choose to do it. And right now with, you know, so many things that are going on, Nicola, I'll just end with this. Well, we'll end however you want to end. But I'll just say that, you know, now more than ever, you know, I pray that people have the opportunity to get into his presence because the things that are going on, it's a supernatural situation. And it's like, you got to be mindful. And I think that people need to be understanding that this is a time where you're going to have to choose ye this day who you're going to serve. Period. Regardless mm. of whether you understand and believe that or not, you might want to go ask somebody or go get, you know, get somewhere and do a little, I don't know, a little whatever you do to get where you need to be. But I'm not trying to be disrespectful <laughs> to anybody. I'm not. I'm just saying, like, there's so many different things that people can do. Keep it real. To hear from or how they hear. Like, so whatever it is. But right now, baby. We need to we need to it ain't no hot or cold no more. I mean, it ain't no loop. It's no, it's no lukewarm. You either hot or cold. It's no gray. You're gonna be black or you're gonna be white. And I think, you know, as we move on, we'll we'll see what the end is gonna be. And um, I just look forward now in terms of this transition with understanding death and understanding how my experience and my child leading me through the unction of God, of course, and the Holy Spirit and the experience of it all, leading me to look forward to no fear. Like I can walk through mm-hmm. this life and I'm, you know, I, I, I don't have any fear. I can stand up. I can go to China. I can carry my Bible with me outside because it's going to be what it's going to be. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't already went through it all. I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of, I'm not afraid of none of it. I don't, I don't have any fears that's holding me back. Oh, maybe I can't do this because, nah, we out here. It is what it is, but it's going to be what it's going to be. You know, I had to believe God through way too much to walk in fear. And trust me, if God is calling you like a DiCarlo to stand up in front of a world that says, you can't say this or you're going to get cancel cultured or you can't do this because somebody going to cancel you. If God tell you to do something, what you going to do? You going to go for that that $100,000 that they're going to give you for a gig if, if you would just do this? Or you going to be like... <laughs> do this? No, right. I'm serious. Yeah. Or are you going to be no, like, nah, bro, that don't, that don't right. line up. Yeah. Are you, are you going to... You know what I'm saying? Up. And then are you going to are you gonna be able to operate in the womb of uncertainty to know that he going to provide for you? You don't know that just because you say it. You know that because you live it. You got to have that experience. You got to go through that to have the courage to stand up in because it's a spiritual warfare. It's not about me. I'm being a conduit for a representation because there's millions of people that's a conduit for the other side of the representation. We at war, bro. What we going to do? You can't shake me. You can't shake me. You feel me? You can't shake me. So it's like, let's go. Family, mindfulness, representation, transparency, authenticity. What does that mean to you?
<laughs> People are born for the time they are needed the most. So I ask you, what is your function? You might join in grieving, but you're going to come out healed. I love you and thank you.